Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. And boy, that's that's week two with the new theme. So Stu's lawyers haven't gotten us yet. No, I have a lot of conspiracy theories. You know this. Let's hear it. One of them is that... JC secretly hates us. What? Never, not at all. So she has told us that, you know, it's fine with Stu to use this theme. (laughs) And then we're about to be walloped. (laughs) First joke of the day. First joke of the day. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God. (laughs) That's a great theory, by the way. Now I'm now let's switch back. You know what they call it? (laughs) They, you know what they call it? They call it being podfished. She lured us into a podcast with her so she could put her husband's music without getting the authorization, and then we get sued for everything. Right. Second joke of the day. Second joke of the day. Oh, yes, we've been podfished. How could, how could we not see it? I know. It's a long game. Uh, JC, yeah, that's the long game. It took you a year to do it, but you did it. And uh, JC, I saw the pictures on Instagram of Stu uh, and you guys working in the Stu. Dio. <laughs> and boy, do you do the tight pigtails in the studio all the time? It's like, you don't need that hair in front of you. No, I don't, you can't. The, actually, it's funny because those photos are from a different session. And oh. um, I was working on Family Guy. We were in Texas. It was in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And we drove down to El Paso to the studio called Sonic Ranch. And I had worked all day. And so I just came in and they're like, can you, can you work on the, on these vocals or whatever? And so I sat down, not thinking I was going to be photographed. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. But yeah, You got the multiple pigtails. It looked adorable. adorable. You looked like a little kid I think having I do, fun. Um, little uh, Princess Leia things. That's what yeah, I do. Let's anyway. not, let's not drag Must be nice to have so many options. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> third yeah. Let's, let's third joke of the day. Yeah. Let's, let's pitch on hair options. <laughs> Um, were your yeah, go- feet on the board? Or no. that my imagination? What? Her no. feet on the board. No, okay. Well, maybe I imagined that. Yeah, she did seem a little relaxed in there. It's like relaxed. when you put your feet up on the, on right. the dashboard when my wife occasionally yeah. will do right. that when we're driving and it's like, 
They're like, sweetie. <laughs> no, put them down. <laughs> put them down. Where the, that's not where feet go. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Scuffed. Oh, scuffed. Um, Listen, this RAV4 isn't your little playpen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Goldie, you, you've started you've started off on fire today. And, and I've had uh, a lot of people who have talked to me about the podcast, you know, when I when I see them or when I talk to them, they say, oh, they love it and how funny you are. And a lot of people who don't know you ask, is he like that all the time? Or is he like putting on a character for the podcast? And I just want to give our listeners a little example of how, in fact, Goldie is like this all the time. So, <laughs> Goldie, you might remember this. A, a few days ago, uh, at you were coming into work and I, I saw you again. I was there an hour and a half earlier. I'm very committed. Mm. And uh, I saw you coming in, you know, right under the wire. And you bring with you each time a gig bag with your guitar. Yes. So, you're, you know, you've got it on your back. And, I, and, I, and you've been playing and, and you sound great. Like you've really been Thank playing you. a lot and practicing. But I see, you know, of course, I am all of a sudden turn into my mom. And I'm seeing you coming back and forth with this gig bag. And so I have this bright idea. I go to your office uh, right at that moment. And I said, hey, Goldie, I see you're bringing this gig bag to and from work every day. I said, you can just take the guitar that's in my office. I never use it. So you don't have to keep bringing that thing. Before I could finish the sentence, what did you say? Do you remember? No, thank you. Not good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Before God. I could finish the sentence, he was like, no, no, thank you. You're, it's not good enough. Your guitar is not good enough. Can I, but, but in also, my defense, wait, is, is it a little bit like... Chef, would you like this peanut butter sandwich? Uh, no. What kind of guitar is chef, it? Chef, more like sous chef. Let's let's not That's get crazy. Fine. You're not That's that good. Fine. Um, no, it's it's a it's a honer acoustic. It's not great, but it sounds good. It's not it's even very, good. It's very playable. It's very playable. How would you know? Like it has. It. <laughs> because I've watched people play it, and damn yeah. it, they say it's playable. It's covered in. But by dust. the way, you didn't you didn't let me finish. Okay. Because fine. not only. Did you, were you lightning fast with this, like, you know, I'm going to be an asshole joke in your face, but not even really a joke, like a real thing that's funny I was in my face. Joking. No, you weren't joking. And then do you remember what you said a half a second after that? It was even funnier. I don't. You said, you, said, uh, you know, like, cause you're like, no, sorry, not good enough. And I'm laughing and, and like kind of giving you this incredulous look and you say, Hey dude. Do you want to wear my pants tomorrow? <laughs> what? Yeah. Why? It was just like another thing of like, why would I want to do that? Do you want to do this? Would you like to wear my pants? Okay, well, then I don't want to play your shitty guitar. So I want to uh, tell the viewer, the listeners. A, you're, you're playing 4D chess. I don't know. The guitar, there, there was something 4D. behind it that then I would owe you because the guitar. Like, I just saw in oh the future, God, this, is not, no this is not free. <laughs> and There's, just play it and like you know you do me a favor someday well it all comes out in the wash yeah can you uh <laughs> can my sob be parked on your street for nine months <laughs> <laughs> yeah after i already got you to to transport your olipop soda across town to <laughs> that, me that was, three wow. years ago that was horrific <laughs> Good well so anyway back. for for our listeners who wonder, is Goldie like this all the time? Yes, he's like this all the time, and it's delightful. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> when I'm not having a nervous breakdown, which right. is right. out of everyone's view, which is the, the latest thing. Yes. Is that I, I want to caution anyone out there in the 
beginning stages of a relationship, whether it's a marriage or dating or whatever. And Louis C.K. did a bit about this. I, I find this, I, I, I concede it's a little adjacent to something he's done, but okay. I, I feel yeah. like it's, it's also a little different no. and I'm a less repulsive person. Right. So, <laughs> yes, for sure. Railroaded. You make these agreements very early on in the relationship and then they're, they become commandments, even though at the time they were not well thought out. So, for example, I now live in a part of town I have no interest in living in because I agreed at the beginning of a relationship, oh, we'll live here for a year and then we'll move back. We never move back. Okay. Ah, right. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I've obviously let it go. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah clearly. So, but one of the things was that... Um, I don't particularly like to do dishes, and my wife said, I, I don't really like to do laundry. So I said, I'll do the laundry, and you do the dishes, which is fine before we had kids. <laughs> right. Because my older kid is like, I, I don't know if she's secretly Katy Perry or something with the outfit changes, but to give you an idea of how much laundry I'm doing, first of all, I cannot get covid just because of the laundry situation. Right. Like, yeah. what would happen if I was disabled? <laughs> that, I mean, right. the, the yeah. amount of I could never make it up. I would never catch up, wow. so, which is why I'm so careful yes. with COVID. Yes. But, yeah. So I, just, I was eight seasons behind on Shark Tank, and, and I start when I, I watch Shark Tank as I do the laundry. Yeah. I'm caught up. That's how much laundry <laughs> I've done in the last year, that I've watched eight seasons of Shark Tank. <laughs> Well, I'm doing, and, and I watch so much that I now know, like, if someone comes on with, like, a frozen dessert idea, I'm, I'm yelling out, you, you can't get frozen shelf space. It's, it's impossible. It will not work. Do you not realize how competitive it is? You're taking on Edie's ice cream. You're taking on Briars. You're taking on, they're not going to give it to you. Or people in the skincare thing, it's like, I don't care how good the formulation is. You will not be able to get cosmetic shelf space in pharmacies and Alta, I know, is the biggest distributor. Alta, yes. You're not going to get a purchase order from that. And I, I, I mean, wow. I'm, I'm telling them, like, this is a royalty deal. I, like, I've, you know. I've memorized. I could be now a judge because I've done so much. But You could be a shark. I, yeah. The other thing is, is because shark, da, 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 da. I, I have a, I have a, a wife and, and two daughters who are five years apart. But women's clothing is such that the... The six-year-old clothes don't look that much different than my wife's clothes. So I'm like puzzling over some shirt that's like, is this like a big t-shirt for a six-year-old? Or is this sort of like a cute little rock and roll shirt oh, for like you, you a have woman the... in her 40s? And I'm, I'm getting yelled at because everyone's like, this isn't mine. And it's like, I don't know. All right, well, Goldie, know. Goldie, that presents you with, well, first of all, that's hilarious. But that presents you with an amazing opportunity. You always give your wife's stuff to the kids because then when your wife hears oh. oh you thought it was that that's always good that you're gonna think she's the smaller size like just always go in that direction and deal with your kids well there's that's, also the thing that because like our, our house is is like a i appreciate that and i i think you're wrong for a number of reasons so much <laughs> i don't want to take it on but oh my since my house is like a 13 16th scale of a house like it's not a real house it's just everything is slightly too small that we're in a situation where I almost feel like people are throwing stuff in the laundry because there's not enough closet or drawer space. Oh. And so they're oh. just going like, you know what? I can't fit this in. I'll make dad do it. And so oh. I am I am running around like fucking Alice on Brady Bunch. <laughs> nice. Never able to finish right. this laundry. I've never yeah. been done once. I want to circle back to something. You said your wife and your daughter are five years apart. 
No, 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 no. Daughter, oh, I have two daughters. Wife, and then I have two daughters who are five years apart. <laughs> that could have <laughs> explained the size disparity. I'm sorry, but no, but the clothing, the clothing is all sort of within a narrow band. Yeah, I can see that. It, it, it gets into the pump because it's so small, oh. and I've now learned oh. how to like dismantle a washer because my house, again, is Lilliputian, and they bought, they don't even make the washer and dryer I bought anymore. It's so small. And wow. you can't get a replacement, so I have to fix it each time, and it oh. constantly breaks. Anyway. Oh, God. I, so I'm stressed over that. Like, you're offering me this cheap guitar. Thank you so much. I'm, you have no idea. Like, I've, I've, I'm never more than 40 minutes away from having done laundry. Right. Ever. <laughs> so. What is what what sound does your laundry machine make when it's done? Right. Does it ding? Well, does well it... first of all, the the 2 minutes before my washing machine is finished, it sounds like it's trying so hard to come but can't. <laughs> like it's going like, <laughs> and it's shaking and stuff and it's like just fucking come or don't. <laughs> Stop shaking the house. Like, I'm just so tired. Oh, my God. Well, that is, that's a fucking classic story. We wish you, are you, what are you using? Tide H-E, I hope? What are you, what are you uh, using? No, I don't know. We use the, like, hippy-dippy. This isn't oh. real detergent, man. Like, this isn't going to pollute anything. Okay. Right. All right. Well, good for you. You want to give the brand a shout out or no? Don't even know what it is. I'm in okay. such a panic from doing the Hippie laundry. Dippy. I can't even read the I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> I'm behind. Uh, uh, all right. Well, we're, we're also, we're behind today. We're behind getting into, with a special guest who you'll meet in a minute, we're going to get right in to Johnny Jokes. Oh, from Hollywood, special guest, who is it? We're about to find out. That's wonderful. So, uh, Disgusties, we're in for a real treat today. Today with us, we have original, on the original Simpsons writing staff, Mr. Jay Kogan is here with us. And and, and I could list a hundred more credits. Frasier, Everybody Loves Raymond, Malcolm in the Middle, so many. If you're a Gen Xer or a millennial, you've laughed at this man's jokes. Each one better than anything we've ever done. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> totally agree. But so Jay is here with us, and Jay has a special connection to Johnny Jokes because Jay's father, Arnie, am I, did I get That's that right? right? Arnie Kogan. Ar- Arnie yes. Kogan was a writer for Johnny Carson, among many, many other things, variety shows. It seemed like that he excelled in that. Arena. So we have a special treat that Jay and his father Arnie have collaborated on some Johnny jokes for us today. Well, that there was a there's a bit of controversy about okay. all of this. I asked right. my dad to write Johnny jokes today as okay. if yeah. they were as if Johnny Carson was writing a joke today. And what yeah. my father wound up doing was actually collecting old jokes and then giving it to me. And then I told him, no, we have to, we're trying to do modern Johnny jokes. And he went, oh. And then he sent me some. Oh. And then I rewrote them saying, this doesn't make sense. And then he wrote me, uh, rewrote me. And so we've been having a father-son writing war. He's got to be on the podcast because I love like, Hey, write these jokes. And it's like, I'm just going to give you the old jokes. That, that is exactly what <laughs> That's I That's exactly what done. he did. And then uh, yeah. finally he did. He came around. You'll, you'll see these jokes. And I pitched them 
to my wife and my father, and both, and they've all said, "No, you're ruining it." So we'll see what I do and how that I do. That sounds perfect. Okay, that sounds fantastic. And we yeah. ruin Johnny jokes every week, so we sympathize with both of you. And and I'm te- I'm tempted to leave those to last, just to to honor like the Johnny. I mean, it. what do you think about that, Goldie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'll I'll get us started. Then Goldie will go, and then Jay, you can uh, be the closer. The closer. Okay. We're getting. Getting into the Johnny voice, and now we will build slowly. I guarantee (laughs) that. Okay. Oh, here's an interesting story. Thailand has become the third country to legalize marijuana. Yeah, they're even selling it in brothels. Yep, uh, the women who work there say marijuana relaxes them and makes it easier to Bangkok. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Moving on to joke two. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Uh, Yeah, here's kind of a cautionary tale. Those closest to him fear that Donald Trump Jr. has a serious drug problem. Yeah. Uh Uh, But never missing an opportunity to cash in, Jr. has turned into the skid and announced that he'll be the new face of Coke Zero. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I like that. Light jab. Here we go. NASA. NASA has discovered an ocean world that's 100 million light years away. Uh, You know, here in Los Angeles, if you want to see an ocean in 100 million years, you just spend rush hour on Pico. (laughs) Like Johnny would have said that. Okay, here we go. Last one. On her first day of college, an 18-year-old freshman had her clothes melted off after she was struck by lightning. What? Uh, at least that's what she's telling her high school boyfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. All right. I don't, I don't Second. know if you saw during your third joke, my dog knocked my headphones out of my ears. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's, that's why I didn't get the normal yeah, raucous so I, laughter I, I, <laughs> that you I usually apologize. give me. Yeah. All right. Second, Johnny, take it away. Hey, here we go. Okay. Well, Princess Diana's car is going up for auction. A, a black 1985 Ford Escort. It's a beautiful car, low mileage, barely totaled. <laughs> and here's a norm. Here's All a right. norm. Number two joke is yeah. a norm joke. Wow. Actor Shia LaBeouf <laughs> hasn't had a drink in 638 days. Congratulations, alcohol. <laughs> okay. uh, and back to the Johnnies. Okay. Uh, NASA is returning to the moon, and they hope to land a man there in the next decade, finally giving Neil Armstrong hope he'll get his wallet back. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Panera Bread. Panera Bread is testing out artificial intelligence in its restaurants. And not to be outdone, Arby's is testing out artificial stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you get this time. Take it away, Arnie. Um, All right, Arnie and and Jay. So here are the Johnny jokes. Again, they have been fought over by the Kogan family. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, That's the podcast. Wording, timing. All of it, and everybody in my family is disappointed. So here we go. The the whole point of Johnny Jokes is creating friction, (laughs) ruining families, and causing misery. And a story before this. When I was a baby, apparently, uh, my dad had uh, was babysitting me and got a call that he might that he can uh, have a meeting at the night show at Thirty Rock 
And the legend in my family is he left me alone in the crib uh, to go to that meeting. Uh, that's at smart. 30 Rock, and he got the job, yeah. but he's never lived down that he's left me alone in the crib. He says he didn't. Oh. My mother also, swears he did. It also oh, speaks to the era. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you referred to your dad as babysitting you, which is right. he's, he's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposed to take care of you. That wasn't, what that the wasn't his job. I left the kid with a pack of cigarettes. I mean, he was fine. All right. So here we go. Here's my Johnny Jokes. So uh, in L.A., there's a drought. I don't know if you know there's a drought. The California water shortage, it's, it's gotten so bad that Pete Davidson stopped going out with supermodels and now only dates Arrowhead water delivery ladies. One for one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's hot out. I don't know if you know that it's hot out. It's, it's, uh, it's so hot that, and this is an old joke, that I mean, it's so hot out that Lizzo was in the valley selling shade. <laughs> Great. Scientists, scientists now say that Southern California averages 30 earthquakes a day. California has now officially been downgraded from a state to a ride. That one. Donald Trump's lawyers, I don't know if you know this, uh, Donald Trump's <laughs> lawyers have requested a special master to look through cartons of secret documents he stole. Trump says the special master he usually uses only charges a hundred bucks and just requires he keep his diapers on. <laughs> and finally, yeah. and finally, after Donald Trump got in trouble, Republicans now accused Joe Biden of removing cartons from the White House. Turns out they were not secret documents, they're catheter sample packs. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Jay, those are great. So tell us. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tell us some of the behind the scenes. What was, what did you want to do? What did they want to do? Do you remember anything that was? was uh, my, my dad had a joke about a love letter to Melania Trump that had been redacted because he said that Donald Trump is very famous for redacting things. And I thought, he's not famous for redacting things. That's not at all a premise that I could buy. So he yeah. said, no, he's very famous for redacting things. And it's, that's, that's not right. Uh, one of the fights was about uh, the earthquake joke has yeah. now been digitally uh, downgraded from a state to a ride. His wording wasn't downgraded. It was sort of like, as now officially a ride. Didn't want to say downgraded. Uh, yeah. Ah. yeah, downgraded is good. His, my dad's original joke, it's gotten so bad, Pete Davidson stopped going out with the Kardashians. Oh. <laughs> and now only Family. dates Arrowhead water delivery ladies. And I said, well, it's famously he's no longer dating a Kardashian. Right. So yeah. I can't, I, I had to change it. He said, no one will know. And I said, yeah, people will know. <laughs> That's so funny. it's That's just, a great, you know. 
It's a great dataitude. No yeah. one will know. Dad-tude. No one will know about the most famous couple. You, in the you world. guys have punchline uh, fights with your parents, right? I mean, this is not unusual. <laughs> Must be nice. My dad's dead. But oh. Yeah. Oh. I'd love to. Yeah. Would love to have a punchline fight. Yeah, there. sure. Okay. Uh, no, my my dad and I seem to have alarmingly similar instincts for punchlines. I think we just like I, we just like to crack each other up. Yeah, so. well, I, that, cool. I got my whole uh, writer's thing by trying to get my father to laugh. And he, at the dinner table, he would always say, you know, like, that's got to go at the end. That's the funny part. Like you would get corrected <laughs> and rewritten yeah. at dinner. Right. So, <laughs> that's, that's great. So, that. so, so you were born literally to do this, what you did. And was there ever, was there ever another thought in your mind that you oh were going to do any, anything other than this? Well, I mean, the first reason I started listening to you guys is because you're a writer's podcast about hating people who hate writing. Yeah. And I hate writing. I hate it so badly. I never wanted to be a writer. And I saw my dad being miserable writing in his office. And I'm playing and he's saying, shut up, I'm writing. Like, you know. Uh, So he was miserable and he made us miserable. And there's no part of writing that I wanted ever in my life. And so I tried to be a, a stand-up comedian, and yeah. I was an actor, and I was uh, at the Groundlings, and I did a lot of things, and I failed at all of them. And the only <laughs> thing that would pay me money is writing. <laughs> well, so you're that's very that's similar. Basi- yeah, that's yeah. basically the same to what both of yeah. us did. I mean, I think if we had had, I know if Goldie had, and probably me too, if we had had our choice at the beginning, we thought of ourselves as we're performers. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I, I don't want to yeah. just write on SNL. I want to be out there. And but then no. That doesn't happen, and you're like, okay, well, maybe I can sit here and right. And make- I'm a total whore as a performer. Anybody who will want me to <laughs> ask me to do anything, I will show up. I will do it. I will know my lines. No matter how degrading the role, I will be there. <laughs> Just ask. Yep, I think we all have similar experiences right. there. I remember. And it's having- also if 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 you earn, say, you know. $800 performing and several, several times that writing, in the year you're just like, well, but that $800 I made performing, that was like, if I could just do that a thousand more times, <laughs> I get a thousand gigs, I could just do that. It didn't even come close. The writing money was so much greater even yeah. as a staff writer on a on a variety show, well, splitting it with a partner was a thousand times more than I ever made as an actor. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, That's isn't it the... more, you get paid more as a writer on SNL than the cast members do. They get paid more. So. I, don't they do? I don't know about that. They I do. didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I know um, you tried to be a stand-up. Was that like right out of college? Were you in college? High school. High school. Started in high school. And I was doing uh, sets, shitty sets, very bad times at the improv, uh, you know, and and sometimes the comedy store. And I would come out of there, you know, hecklers would be mean and people would be drunk. And then I'd have to wait in the bar area where I wasn't legally allowed to be. And old ladies would be smoking cigarettes. Aren't you adorable? And it would scare the (laughs) shit out of me. Were you, when you started, I mean, because now it, it seems like literally everyone does stand up everywhere. Were, were there a lot of stand ups? Was it hard to get on stage or yeah. was it like relatively rare for to even try to be a stand up? And people were like, oh, you're a young kid. Uh, lots of people were being stand ups and a lot of people were succeeding at being stand ups, just not me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, who was someone in your in your exact sort of time zone of, of being starting with stand up who is now or who went on to become like a, a big stand up? Doug Benson. 
I guess. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm trying to think. Of, the people who were big at the time were like, you know, Seinfeld and Leno and uh, Richard Lewis and all those guys were on stage and had the yeah. good parts and and uh, and and the rest of us sort of just huddled around and tried to find spots. But I hated it and yeah. eventually went to the Groundlings where it was an actual theater and you started doing sketch comedy and you didn't have to worry about hecklers and all that kind of stuff because yeah. it was just. For me, it was a better environment for a 16-year-old kid than than a comedy club. Yeah, yeah. 16, that's yeah. pretty incredible. You, you, you mentioned like Seinfeld and Leno and, and Richard Lewis and those guys. And now, were they aware of who you were and who your father was? And did they ever pull you aside and say, hey, try this, keep at it, dude, buck up? Or did they ever give you any, was there any friendliness there? No, <laughs> none of them were ever aware of me or my father, but especially not aware of me. And- uh, very polite. John Seinfeld, very nice, warm, yeah. pleasant. Jay Leno, very warm, pleasant. Uh, yeah. uh, Richard Lewis, you know, everybody was very nice, but nobody gave a shit about me and didn't know my name and right. none of that stuff ever happened. I never got zero encouragement. What was the attitude of your folks? Right. Were, were they, were your folks kind of like excited, always picking up the family mantle or were, were the, was there oh, no. like stay away from no, them? No, no. My father told me early on, don't become a comedy writer. Don't go into acting. Don't go into comedy. <laughs> become, he says what he said, and this is, I found it very insulting. Become a lawyer or an agent. An agent. Oh, no. Yeah. He, didn't, like, he didn't paint you with an agent brush, did he? He did. Oh, he tarred me yes. with an agent brush. Oh, wow. my goodness. And that's so, so hurtful. It's like, yeah. They're the enemy. They're the people you hate. It's really bizarre. I get it, though. The, the point was, and you guys know this, it's an insecure profession. So yes. he wanted something that was much more secure for me rather than do sort of this, you know, hustle for job to job to job to job for the rest of your life and hope that right. you make enough money to yeah, retire. That's Did he, I mean, and maybe you're not a liberty to say this, which I would appreciate too. Did he have a good relationship with these hosts, with Carson, with the people he worked for? Did he view it as like, God, they're just sort of miserable sons of bitches. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> he thought Johnny it seems was like they were. Yeah. Johnny was very cold. He said, Johnny was very cold, not very friendly. Um, Knew who my father was, but just sort of didn't know. There was zero warmth yeah. from Johnny. Um, you know, the staff was warm. All the writers knew each other and loved each other. And that was that was the the warmth of, of, of that. And there was, yeah. you know, great writers uh, passed through there. David Lloyd became a great sitcom writer. Yeah. Um, uh, Pat McCormick was a great writer. And all those, those people, my dad's era, uh, became great writers. But you now Johnny, not so much. Uh, and uh, when Johnny wasn't there, well, most of the writers thought, oh, it's our vacation. So <laughs> <laughs> right. they didn't care that much. Uh, now, my dog was also at The Tonight Show. Really? What? My dog, Buffy, was on yeah. The Tonight Show. Guest host George Siegel had a dog trainer on, and they needed dogs, and my dog oh. was on The Tonight Show. Oh, my God. Oh, that's wow. awesome. What a, what a night. Now, I would be like, I would be mad my dog was working and I wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, let's put, it, put uh, some time. Uh, what's the time frame of your dad being uh, involved with The Tonight Show? Around what era was that? 1963 was when he abandoned me as a baby and went to go <laughs> get that job. And 1963. 68 is when we came out here from New York. Uh, my dad uh, started working on the Dean Martin show and wow. uh, and worked yeah. with Dean Martin and then worked on the Jim Neighbor show, then the Cal Burnett show, and then started working on sitcoms like the Mary Tyler Moore show and MASH and Newhart right. and the Bob Newhart show. And 
And now is it is it true your dad on the Carol Burnett show would just put in parenthetical break character? (laughs) (laughs) Did he come up with that? He did not. And and truth be told, the writers are pissed off. Yeah, I'm sure. Do my sketch. I know. Stop laughing. (laughs) Do my sketch. And of course, it's the one thing everybody loved about it. But the writer, the writers like to say the words. (laughs) That makes sense. I know. I remember we we did uh, because Jimmy Fallon used to do that on SNL. He would break like. The Carol Burnett show, and I remember on Family Guy that used to bother Seth. So yeah. we we wrote a joke on there where Peter was punching Jimmy Fallon repeatedly, and he's like <laughs> punching me, saying like, "Say your lines, like who do you think you are, Tim Conway? You haven't earned that." You know, like, <laughs> oh wow! Um, yeah, he worked out a lot of anger through yeah, some of his that's jokes. Good. That's what yeah, people do. Smart. So let's fast forward and get back to you because you're here. Your dad's God. not here. This yeah. is what everyone here. wants to hear. No, we heard it. We yeah. we're done with that. Yeah. We're yeah, putting okay. your dad in the rear view. Yes. So. Was Tracy Ullman show your first writing gig or yeah. how did, okay. So how did that come about for you? Okay. So I was working while I was doing the groundlings and going to college at UCLA. I was also doing uh, PA stuff on as many shows as I could be on to sort of learn what the hell I wanted to do in show business. And yeah. one of the shows I was a PA on was it's Gary Shandling show. Oh, what? And great. so loved the, loved Gary, loved Alan's White Bell and, and people and, my writing partner, my old high school friend, Wally Walidarski, who became my writing partner, I got him a summer job working on the same show. And we said, let's try writing one of these things. Yeah. I had written with Wally before earlier in high school and showed the script to my father. And he said, this is shit. Don't become a writer. <laughs> uh, but we wrote a spec. It's Gary Shandling. She showed it to Gary and Alan and... And they said, this is great. And we said, we're going to buy it. And it's no, absolutely not. And uh, okay, well, all right. Wow. I said, you know what we'll do? We will pitch a story out together and let you write one. Wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That is Wait, amazing. So you're like 20 or something? Yeah. 21 or 20. Yeah. Right around. Unbelievable. There. And so I said, that, that's unbelievable. And so we waited <laughs> another six months for them to pitch out that story. And they never did. Oh, <laughs> oh that's, there's right. your Hollywood Ouch. ending. Yeah. So Wally and I wrote another spec script and they thought, okay, well, maybe this one they'll buy. Yeah. And they read that one. So this is even better. And we're not going to buy this one either. But I showed it to one of the consulting producers on the show named Sam Simon. Oh. Yeah. Sam Simon was an executive producer at the Tracy Ullman show while yes. he was consulting. On the, and he read it and said, this is good enough for me to show to my people. And maybe you could let you write a sketch. So we did that. We pitched a sketch. Uh, we pitched 20 sketches. They bought one. We wrote it. They liked it and hired us immediately as staff writers. Oh, Amazing. Awesome. And now, do you remember what that sketch was? I do. It was, uh, there's a, uh, Tracy played a, car- a British secretary named Kay. Yeah. Uh, and Kay was very sort of awkward. And this was a love story for her, her first boyfriend. Ah, oh, that's cool. Awesome. It now, doesn't now, work out. So you took, you took, <laughs> surprisingly, so you took away one of my questions, but uh, so you met Wally Walidarski, uh, who, who Simpsons fans know, Kogan and Walidarski, those names sure. go together. It's like the chocolate and peanut butter Sears Roebuck. And so <laughs> you, you, so you guys were friends in high school and you would write silly stuff together back then. Well, we we wrote like a spec Bob Newhart show. We wrote wow, beyond, you, we were trying to write sitcoms, and okay. my dad was working on that show in high to get a job or just to because you're no, kids in do, a basement. Like, and there's no hey, internet. are we good enough? Do we cut the mustard? You know, are we are we are we, are we good? That's uh, and the answer was That's resoundingly so no. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, but the fact that you were getting those out of the way yes. at that yeah. time right. made it possible. Made the runway so you guys could. I wrote fly a script later. with my, yeah. Wally, whose name at the time was not Wally Walerski, but with Wally and uh, and writer named Billy Ray, who's yeah. now an Academy Award nominated writer, went to my high school, and another we writer talk named about him all Robbie the time Fox because we love. We're shatheads. Shat the movie Shattered Glass. You're shatheads. We we're love that. Shatheads. We're shatheads. We're glad wow. we love that movie. Yeah. They Billy will be excited when they tell him. Yeah, please do. I'm still in contact, so yes, we're we're still good friends. Anyway, we wrote this. You know this. Now it's sort of legend. These great writers wrote this script. Apparently, it was terrible. So, <laughs> yeah. so what, what do you expect? We're 16 years old. Of course, I can't it's terrible. You're 16. That's so. That's so interesting because when you said that about Wally. It, it sparks something in me because our uh, good friend, John Viner, who is not asked to be a part of this podcast, right. he and I went to high school together. And when you said, oh, I would write with Wally in high school, I was thinking like, oh, my God, I wrote with Viner. But meanwhile, uh, you said uh, we wrote a spec Bob Newhart show. What the vivid memory I have of me writing, put, I'm making air quotes, yes. with Viner in high school is we were sitting in front of a double tape deck recording him burp. <laughs> and we just we recorded a burp that lasted like 30 seconds from like different burps oh my and we God. and we played it in school genius. assembly like and so that was the, that was our writing the definitive difference between family guy and the simpsons that's exactly right <laughs> yeah. you guys are writing new heart you're listening to Rachmaninoff. sure yeah uh anyway that's so great so now you're on uh, Tracy Allman's show with Wally. Is that right? Yeah. With Wally. Tell us a little bit about how The Simpsons, uh, we know the story of The Simpsons were interstitials in The Tracy Allman Show and then turned into their own show. But how did it work for you moving from one staff to the other? Well, first of all, did you train Lloyd to just sit on your shoulder like that perfectly? And- <laughs> I don't know what is going on with him, but it, he's behaving as though he definitely peed somewhere. Yeah, he's practically whistling. I feel strongly he's judging me. That's all yeah. I can No, he wants everyone but me to be his owner, so he's probably like, maybe that guy will have me. Maybe I could finally be happy. Oh, wow. wow, I heard so many father issues from both of you right yes. there. It's true. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, yeah. how we got from uh, the Tracy Ullman show to The Simpsons yeah. was pretty direct. Uh, yeah. The Simpsons was a cartoon on The Tracy Ullman show, an amorphous cartoon about a family without names, and they just fought uh, all the time and strangled each other and punched each other and all this kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. They did kind of not a, not a show, but colorful, and people liked it. And yeah. so uh, Sam Simon and Jim Brooks and Richard Sakai and all these people said, we should do something with that. And so yeah, they decided to smart. try and make it a, uh, a series. So Sam yeah. Simon and Matt got together yeah. and sort of put their heads together and figured out with Jim Brooks sometimes and with Wally and I. Like the, the bunch of us, so we'd, cool. we'd walk together and say, what should the show be? Should there be, you know... An airport in Springfield? Yes, there should be everything in Springfield. And they're like, eat yeah. donuts. And what should his career, what should the father's career be? And what should the family yeah. be? And, and, and you know, all these things sort of worked out over time. Sometimes we, uh, we went down a path and we reversed it. But, the, the, you know, Matt Groening was great at knowing, like, he wanted it Springfield. He wanted it an amorphous town that didn't have a state. So it right. could be anywhere. Um, he was very uh, smart about animation. So he knew... He wanted the characters, you know, to look like Charlie Brown a little bit. Bart to look a little bit like Charlie Brown and have the squiggle sweater yeah. and right. and, and kind of uh, a pot not, belly. 
Yeah, and yeah. not and not be seen at certain angles. Like there's, you don't want to look at them directly. Uh, yeah. they want to be at a three quarter angle and all that kind of stuff. So he knew all that stuff. And Sam was just a genius at jokes and story, and 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 he knew animation because he had worked at Fat Albert on that cartoon as well. Yeah. So he he was, a, he was an artist himself. He redrew all the Simpsons. Sam oh, did. They do look so to be different. softer yeah. and and more appealing to. Uh, uh, audiences and so he knew also that animation was fast that you could yeah. tell a super fast story or get joke 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 it could be a joke machine i don't yes. know if you guys at family guy have thought of this but <laughs> <laughs> animation could be a joke machine oh we should do we, we keep leaning into these stories no no no, no. Yeah. pull back try okay. to do a few jokes yeah you know I, I, uh, I like to put the take the heart and squeeze it a little bit i guess jokes might right. be yeah no they're good too <laughs> uh, and he sort of figured out that our our version of uh, you know Act One is one thing and Act Two and Three are something else and that was our pattern and and that was all Sam and and uh, and we sort of figured it out and Wally and I were tasked with writing the first script. It's so. Of, oh, it's uh, a, was that the the Christmas one with the dog? It was not. Oh, okay. Uh, that was their seventh episode. What was the first? Uh, one? Our first our first episode written was called Homer's Odyssey, where Homer commits suicide or tries to commit suicide. That's his first and, uh, and we said, uh, you know, there was a lot of, how do we establish that this is not a cartoon for kids? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Maybe Homer trying to commit suicide will do it. So that's, that was the first one written. Um, uh, Homer, we had Homer and Bart's name. Marge was called Juliet because we weren't sure what she was wow. supposed to be called. Yeah. And, oh, Marge um, is so much better. Yeah, yeah. Marge is a thousand oh. times better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Burns. Yeah, uh, was in that episode. We created Mr. Burns and a bunch of other characters that uh, that you still now know. But uh, yeah. it was it was a fun thing. But it was that was just the first script in. Okay, all the scripts oh, yeah. had had uh, come in, and then they were made in different order. So the first one we made was called Some Enchanted Evening, and it was the worst disaster <laughs> ever. Like what? it was really? Penny Marshall was a babysitter. It was it was. Slow, oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. Boring, <laughs> like uh, bad animation. People were ugly. It didn't make any sense. If that had been, if we had a pilot, yeah. we would have been canceled right away. But we kept working on it. It became episode 13. Oh, and we right. kept reanimating it and reworking it. And instead, oh. the one that came in the best was our sixth one or seventh one, which was the Christmas one. And they said, okay, let's. Let's start with that first. Yeah, smartly. Smart. Yeah, yeah. that was because that was. By the way, that one joke machine with a heart at the end. Yeah, really sweet. So now, what was it like? Because the Tracy Ullman show was a a popular show. I mean, people love Tracy Ullman, and and back then, Do they? you know where. Do people love Tracy Ullman? <laughs> they love her. I really? Ask her. Ask you hear people her. talking like saying, "Where I want? I want more Tracy Ullman." Hey, she <laughs> was. Curb, she was great in Curb. Oh, she was great. She's. But but then, so you go to The Simpsons, and it, it's my memory. And correct me if I'm wrong. The Simpsons was a cultural phenomenon right out of the gate. People, I mean, I remember watching it from the very first episode and saying, this is the best thing I've ever, you know, this is the best new show to come along in my lifetime. So what was that like riding the wave of Simpsons mania? And and was it different on the inside? It was insane. No, that was yeah. it. It was, it was yeah. overnight. We became a gigantic Star Wars-like cultural yes. phenomenon that yes. no one could have ever predicted. Well, he had been told, Wally and I were told, don't go on the show. By yeah. my father, by the way. Wow. Wow. Do not go on the show. You'll ruin your career. Let me tell you who told me not to go on the show. Grant Tinker, 
yeah. who is a gigantic yeah. tower of TV. Brandon yep. Tartikoff, another tower of TV. As yep. a, just a friendly advice. Don't do a cartoon. Don't do this show. No, yeah. But Wally and I just thought, first of all, we loved Sam Simon because yeah. he got us our first job. And, and yeah. he was like a mentor to us. We loved Jim Brooks. And Matt Groening was the greatest guy ever. So what what... We figured we're young. Even if we that's, I think fuck that's it up. the lesson is totally. that when you're young, you should trust your taste. Yeah, but, because but that's I, the target audience more than like when you're my age and you should sure. go. Sure, but yeah. also if you mess up, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. They don't blame you. You think, oh, you're an idiot. You're a kid, and who, who cares? They'll yeah. give you a second or third chance. Yeah, uh, I don't have any chances left. I'm done. So that's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> my age, you're done. Oh, but uh, but it was it was people were selling T-shirts off the freeway, the side of the freeway. There was yep. Simpson mania all over the place. TV guide covers. It was it was insane. And I had never been part of anything like that. I never would be again. But and we knew at the time. He said, "This is crazy." Yeah. Yeah, because we had been just on the Tracy Ullman show, so we knew it. We knew that wasn't right. that. <laughs> Tracy Ullman right. show was not getting that kind of attention. <laughs> no, not, uh, not but the quite. Simpsons was. Yeah. Oh, well, so now it's interesting because, and we'll give our our uh, listeners a little behind the scenes here because uh, we've had obviously Tom Gamble's been on many times. He's very funny. He does little bits for us. But we had Tom and Max on together a while ago, and I kept trying to ask them questions about the Simpsons. And we got. I wasn't a, there. We, I don't we, know. I don't no, know what it is. No, we got a very angry email from Mr. Jay Kogan, who's yes. sitting here today, saying, "How dare you talk to these two who don't know what it was like, who weren't there?" And it was like a, it was like a Vietnam vet, like they were stolen valor a little bit. I gave you a whole list of people you could talk to. Yes, that that's all true. of whom. Would be happy to tell you the true story, but it no, wouldn't but- be Tom and Max. Hey, it's great. I, I don't know. I know it was good. Yeah. I was on Live. <laughs> yeah, but so we picked you to tell us these stories because you were by far the angriest about it. So that <laughs> that makes for the best. Also, guess. the voicemail. Yes, a fairly angry person. Oh no! Well, hey, welcome to the club. Only JC here. did success early on. Make you more angry or less angry? Because were you like? Oh man, this is all there is, and it's not enough. Or were you like, <laughs> now I can rub it in Grant Tinker's face, <laughs> and that's gonna feel so good? Uh, yeah, no, I'm in general, I'm a heavy guy, so I'm I'm a fat guy, so I'm not angry for anyone to see. I will oh. eat my anger, and therefore, yeah. fine. so I'm a very friendly person in general. So yeah. as I got more successful, I was very happy to be successful. And having grown up in show business, yeah. I didn't expect show business success to sort of validate me in any way, shape or form. I had seen too many people become successful and then become unsuccessful fairly quickly. Yeah. And right. it's like we know it's a it's a roller coaster. So you don't expect like, well, show business is going to make me perfect or whole. It's yeah. not. <laughs> right. You uh, knew, it's right? a huge mistake. Yeah, but I I love that you enjoyed the success of that. Like who wouldn't? I mean, that's just I mean, you described you described best. it perfectly. It was for the 10 years later crew, it was like a Star Wars style cultural wave of the Simpsons. Right. I remember I had a terrible off-model teal Bart don't have a cow shirt, you know, <laughs> like that didn't fit right, but I was so happy to have it and I wore it all the time. Like I I just yeah. I love the show so We had much. such a great time. And my, the only people, we're so successful that people took uh, joy in telling us that they didn't watch. 
Uh, like certain, yeah. uh, my, cousin, my cousin from uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, uh, where you guys I might know, know him. Uh, Billy Monderer. I don't. They call him the Monderer. <laughs> would, would call me up and say, you know, I don't watch a show. <laughs> that's okay. so perfectly Massachusetts. All right, Billy. That's you don't so watch it. It's perfect. A, other people are. It's okay. Yeah. yeah Did you that, have a moment where you felt like you'd made it, like, because I imagine back then a house was eighteen dollars. I mean, where you did, did you own a house at twenty two or something? Where you I were did. just like, I, I did. I bought it. a house. Awesome. Oh, I bought a house you. in a place called Bel Air, like right off the Sepulveda Pass. Oh, uh, and I just I did buy you. a house, and Good for it's you. like sideways. It's wide open. It was wide open back then. <laughs> well, it, it seemed, but the, the trick is, it seemed crazy expensive then. So I'm sure, yeah. it yeah. doesn't Always. change. It's still a big. You know, can we afford this? Can we do this? And you yeah. still gulp and try to do it. And you think at the time you thought, oh my God, I'm I'm paying seven hundred thousand dollars for this, and it's this is a house that should cost a hundred thousand dollars. And now right. people are buying houses for like two million dollars that should cost much less. Yeah. Seem like they should cost much less. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, we could talk about The Simpsons for, for two hours, but what, It's also uh, like this is the type of success that we thought we were headed for. Right. You know, yeah. like you can yeah. still, because network TV mattered so much. And I, now I got, NBC's like, maybe we should give five hours back to the local affiliates exactly. to yeah. do yeah. more news because we have no ideas. Yeah. Well, when I started on Fox, that's what they did. They only had two hours of programming. They only had, you know, eight to ten, and they let the, lo the local affiliate handle the rest. Amazing. Wow. It's amazing yeah. that that was the model. And then then it literally built out around The Simpsons and Married with Children, right? Like, yeah, I mean, exactly on right. the strength of those two shows, they're like, we can program, uh, you know, 12 hours. Yeah. Absolutely. And they oh, got my. more and more and more. And, and they still haven't figured out how to do a sitcom, but... Yeah, <laughs> not really. That. Not really. Yeah, well, so just a couple things, because I know that we've talked to people now and The Simpsons is like kind of a two-room operation. I'm guessing that was different at the beginning. Were you guys oh, yeah. all together? It was just all of us, you know, 20-somethings in a room with, uh, an, you know, Sam Simon, who was only five years older than us, but he seemed much older, right? yeah. much more wizened, and, and Gran Matt Groening, uh, who is sometimes in the room, but not yeah. always. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and and the rest of us and Mark, uh, John Schwartzwelder was yes. a writer, older, cigarette smoking, a guy, a guy who had actually worked on the Alaska pipeline. Oh, was wow. like, <laughs> he was not one of the Harvard guys, the Harvard Lampoon no, guys. Oh, he was right. like a five easy pieces <laughs> yeah. guy. So there yeah. are legends about him. And the ones the ones I've heard was he he liked a particular restaurant and it went out of business. So he had the booth moved into his house. Is that True. Yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. I mean, he does like restaurants. He likes cigarettes. He yeah. collects old newspapers. He's quirky. Uh, I, the, by the way, you don't want to have a cigarette near a bunch of old newspapers. That's just no, one stuff. I'm a little care. worried about John. Now, John, I believe, has written more Simpsons episodes than anyone, right? It's it's a very I mean, he, high number. He, he stuck with it. I mean, Wally and I left after season five, so he, yeah. he stuck with it. Uh, That's for many, when it kind of dropped off when you guys left. It kind well, of that, I like off. to think yeah. it's because yeah. of me. But, I haven't yeah. watched since then. Yeah. So, no, I mean, the, unfairly, our shows get a bad rap for being on a really long time and being great for years and years and years. Yeah. And that's like, it's a thing like you open, it's a great restaurant and everybody's yeah. excited when they first get there and say, oh, this food is amazing. And then they said, oh, the quality has gone off. Fuck you. The quality has not gone off. The quality is still great. You just got used to the food. Yes, that's a, that's a great analogy. That's perfect. The Simpsons is still funny. Your it's, show is fantastic. 
Oh, thank you. That's nice. South of you Park to say. is great. Yeah, absolutely. And these shows that have been on twenty plus years, and Simpsons case thirty plus years. And Tom Gamble t- talked to it uh, when he was on here. He said the Simpsons is really experiencing a renaissance over the last few seasons. That they've been great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, sixty it, it, minutes is hitting harder than it ever has. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe it. That clock is ticking like it never did. The um, new Gunsmoke's going to be great. <laughs> have we gun should will travel. Gunsmoke. Yeah. yeah why not? They, they had some secret sauce, obviously. So, Hey, I want to tell you one thing because yeah. I know you guys are awards jealous. Yes. So uh, you know, I'm a I'm a dedicated listener, so I'm I'm thrilled to. <laughs> I be appreciate here. that. Yeah, rub it in our face. Go ahead. So Pretend I we're got, Grant Tinker. I got one more Emmy than my father. Ooh. Oh. So how, he got how, three. I got four. Wow. So far. <laughs> so, far. so far. Okay. So yeah. so give give us the Emmys. What were your Emmys for? What what Tracy shows? Ullman? Yeah. Simpsons. Yep. And Frasier. Frasier. Oh, wow. wow. Well, can we talk about the Frasier Room for a second? Because I've heard that was run like there was formal tea service. I don't know if these legends are true, <laughs> but that you weren't allowed to talk unless it was a pitch for the show. Everyone dressed up. Is this? Are these all true? Kind of. Okay, so we've spent 15 minutes together. So you know I'm a very loud, <laughs> obnoxious Jewish man. All right. <laughs> hey, join the club. You fit in perfectly. That wasn't the vibe of the Frasier Room. Quiet, waspy. My impression of of the Fraser Room is people sitting in silence, thinking, 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 (laughs) thinking, about to say something, and then they don't say anything. (laughs) But it was. People, they served food on China, on plates. Um, People were very quiet because the the leader of the room, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, not... The actor, but right. the writer. No, yeah. uh, the writer. Was dashing, dashing. Kind of dashing, handsome, yeah. but also yep. didn't talk a whole hell no. of a lot all the time. He, when he did, he was really smart and really great and a genius, but he's quiet. So everybody who works on a writing staff understands sort of the, the, the sociology of it. You f- do what the boss does. So <laughs> yeah, if the boss right. is a jerk, you're a jerk. And if the boss is nice, <laughs> you're nice. And if the boss is quiet, you're quiet. Yes. So, Everybody did that except me. I knew that I would be fired or work there forever uh, uh, in the first week. I'd be fired because I couldn't shut up and uh, I didn't shut up. And for some reason, it turns out Chris Lloyd wanted more noise in the room. So I survived. Yes. Well, you know, I've noticed this living in a very waspy area on Cape Cod. They are uh, fascinated by Jews. Uh, like oh, a group of wasps, yeah. if you put a, Jew, a loud Jew in the middle of them, they're fascinated. They're in. They think right. it's like, it's so interesting. Look at, look at the way they communicate. <laughs> they're willing to talk. It's funny, uh, but you talk about Christopher. filthy, loud thing. <laughs> I know, yeah. And well. it has no self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> they're like beautiful animals. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or animals, anyway. It's going right for the stinky fish. <laughs> No one's even taken any yet, and he's digging right in. Um. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery 
starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So to, to, about Christopher Lloyd, I, I have a story about, a brief story about him. He uh, and his old partner, Joe Keenan, uh, who was on Frasier as well, right? Yeah, I knew Joe uh, yeah. very well. So uh, they were creating a show called Bram and Alice. Yes. And so that dates it. This is like, I don't know, 2003 or I something. I did some time on Bram and Alice. So I okay. Oh. All right. So my writing partner at the time, Wellesley Wilde, and I interviewed. We were leaving our late night place to go try and get into the world of sitcoms because that's where the real money is. And so we had two interviews. One of them was with Mike Scully. Oh. which couldn't have been, uh, you know him, so it couldn't yeah. have been nicer, just a fantastic interview. The second was with Keenan and Lloyd. <laughs> it was very quiet, and I remember a pointed question from Christopher Lloyd, who stood the whole time while Joe Keenan sat in front of him like a James Bond's villain's cat. <laughs> and And Christopher Lloyd just said, to us, what theater experience do you two have? And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm, I'm thinking of what to do with the banana peel when the character <laughs> right. comes in. Like, I don't have any theater. I don't know. I was in yeah. Greece Uh-oh. in high school. <laughs> Did he say uh, that? No, I didn't. <laughs> and we, and we, didn't get, we didn't get the job. I don't remember. I think I just fumfered about, I think Wellesley pointed at me. And he was like, I don't know, he used to act. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, no. I mean, I'd, there was a lot of talk about the theater in the Frasier room, and there's a lot of talk. We used a lot of actors from Broadway, and well, it and worked. Kind of, yeah, it's it fine. Yeah. But Bram and Alice did all that stuff and did not work. And so yeah. sometimes you don't need. Sometimes when the show's about a guy who almost fucks his own daughter, it doesn't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, is that true? That, and then that, again, that, sometimes it does. You don't. Know. <laughs> all right, don't we don't. Know. We don't have a big enough test sample size. <laughs> yeah, who could sometimes tell? that guy gets elected president. So you know. Oh, yeah. there you go. Johnny joke. Yeah, there we go. He can't stop. Um, all right. So uh, you said uh, Emmy for Frasier. And then you also worked uh, Everybody Loves at Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, briefly, yep. Okay, briefly. So I was going to say, because they were kind of an Emmy show, they, they had their Emmy window, correct? Yeah, I just wrote an episode for them because Phil, Phil said, you want to write an episode? I said, yeah, <laughs> I'll write an episode. And then I wrote an episode. <laughs> so like I, I came in and pitched. That's the most intimidating room I ever pitched to because oh, really? they know more than Frasier. They know that show. That group of guys knew that show perfectly. And so yeah. I'm coming in, no experience. Oh, I don't right. know what's already been rejected. And so I'm just pitching stuff from life and just saying, how about this? We did it. How about this? We did it. How about yeah. this? We did it. So yeah, very hard. That's how I am at Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, after 20 years of a show, we did it becomes a sort of a common refrain. Um, all right. So we talked about Simpsons. We talked about Frasier and how that's a good note for people who are, you know, writers or wannabe writers who listen to us. Aside from don't do it. A good piece of advice is you went into that quiet room where everybody was following suit and you uh, were yourself because you had to be. Mm. That's just the way that you are in the room. So is that is that do you think a good note for, for writers no. to just be? The- I do not. <laughs> Honestly, I really don't. I think what you should do when you're first if you're lucky enough to get your first job as a writer, shut the hell up. Yes. Yeah. Be quiet. 
listen to what's going on, observe the process, observe what the boss likes and what he or she doesn't Mm. like. Yeah. Observe what they are going for and what they're not going for. And then start to tailor your pitches to what the boss will be happy with. Make that person's life easier. Make their, make the jokes, the kind of thing that they'll put in the script and they'll get home earlier. That's what you should do. And and yes, room jokes are fine and they're funny and they're great. uh, But wait a second before you make the room Uh, jokes, especially now. That seems like a shot at Tom Gamble. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Tom, but I mean, just wait because part of it is just like right now, especially you can get fired for the wrong kind of room joke. And also just make sure that you're, helping the show move forward. And that's that's great advice. I know when Goldie talks about it from his perspective as a showrunner, you say almost the same thing, just slightly, like anything you can do to make the showrunner's job easier is right. your job. I'm one of the great co-executive producers uh, because I've, I've run my own show, but just like I will do whatever needs to get done to help that other person who's being pummeled with... Right. Yeah. All the pressure and all the hell and all that stuff's like, what? Take an outline. I'll rewrite an outline. You want us to rewrite a, a script? You want us to give us four versions of every joke so it's easier for you at the end of the night to pick? We will do whatever it I, takes to make your life easier. You're a dream. You're a dream employee. I yeah. call it the Dick Cheney of comedy. You're, <laughs> you're making the policies for the administration <laughs> quietly. You have almost as much power, but you go to bed at like 9 p.m. every night. You don't have to be there. First or last, but you do want to you want to give whatever is going to help the process, and it, and you also have to sacrifice your own taste. It's not what you want; it's what you think yeah. is going to get over the hump. It's hopefully both yeah. right. something you love and something that's also going to get bought by that's the show. Interesting. Runner. Yeah. Now, now speaking of Frazier, I mean, your cousin from Lexington must have called you and said, "You thought I wasn't watching The Simpsons? I'm really <laughs> not watching Frasier." <laughs> He was too busy calling me saying, your Dodgers didn't win, did they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like like the Red Sox were winning back then. Not but, at all. Uh, yeah, but, no, but I, I mean... People liked Frazier. People, you know... Frazier's great. It is great. It's it's legi- It's amazing that a show that is technically a spinoff of another show... I mean, it happens oh, yeah. a lot, so I guess that's not true. But it, the fact that it's a spinoff of, of Cheers, and I would say Frazier gets more... Frasier and Cheers get equal love, I feel like. It's almost like, you know, when people talk about their top five sitcoms of all time, you're never surprised to see either Cheers or Frasier in, right. in there. Like I think just, Frasier holds up better, to be honest with you. Because I it love, exists in its both. own world a little more. Like, it's it's half theater, half TV, almost. And it is a great show. I was very lucky to be there. I'm not going to take any credit for it. It's, I, was ha- I was happy to be there. I wrote episodes that uh that i thought were in the style of the show and and that kind of stuff but you know chris lloyd is a genius casey lee and angel who created it still were there and they sort of supervised some of it but really it was chris's baby and when i saw modern family be such a success i was not surprised because chris is a comedic genius despite bram and alice (laughs) yeah. <laughs> hey, please. No, you're you're all. Hey, listen, Bram and Alice was no dads. Let's not downgrade it. Like that. I would just have gone in and say, like, d- does his name have to be Bram? 
Like, are we really? <laughs> it's the most unrelatable. Yeah, no, Goldie was on that way. On Dad's, one of our characters' names was Warner Whittemore, and Goldie would not stop talking about that. Oh, Eli and Warner, the relatable buddies that everyone's got. Everyone's got an Eli in their group, and everyone get, relates to a Warner. <laughs> said, said the John. Sure. Now, in hindsight, it's all easy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. It was. Um, it was not that hard the, in non-hindsight. <laughs> you have no questions about early Simpsons about uh, like you, you skipped over that. You seem to be so interested with Tom yeah. Dumbo, and then suddenly I don't. Want, I know. I feel like anyone who has been working at the Simpsons is tired of answering Simpsons questions, but I see that okay. you're not. So I well, would. I, love I haven't worked there in thirty years, so it doesn't well, matter to me. Oh, yeah, I would love to ask you questions because you said you left after season five. So when I went to college, I came with me. One of the few things I had in hand was a VHS tape with four episodes of The Simpsons on there. And it was before season five. So it was uh, Mr. Plow. It was oh, um, the one where Krusty the Clown cowardly dives away in that armed robbery at, at the Quickie Mart. Krusty gets busted. Sure. Yep, nice. that was a great one. Uh, and I, I'm trying to remember the other two, but like, were you, do you have any specific memories? Like, say, Mr. Plow. Did that Krusty, one stay? Well, Krusty gets busted, I yeah. wrote. Oh, oh that's my God. That's, that's a great oh one. God. I just love that, you know, like uh, when, when you reveal that Krusty can't read, you know, it says Exhibit B, the one with the big B on it. <laughs> I can't read. Like, that was... It was amazing. So we love that writing that, right? And that that was my second favorite uh, Simpsons episode we ever wrote. The first was called Bart the Daredevil. Oh, that's a great one. Flying over the cliff. Yes. And that's uh, where, where Homer ends up doing it, right? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's, I'm going to make it. Holds up. It I'm holds make up. It. <laughs> I'm king of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, he. We had that before. It was on Titanic, and then Titanic stole that from us. But I, and wow. that was and there's uh, that was the same one with one drop of human blood, right? <laughs> yeah. That daredevil. Yeah. Oh, throws one of my lo- favorite thing. And then uh, for t- there, there, he's over a tank of alligators and sharks <laughs> and, and one lion. lion. Yeah. <laughs> one lion and they put the drop of human blood, and the lion jumps up. Yeah. It's animated so well. It, it really came out perfectly. And whoever did the voice of that daredevil was very good. It was like a... Dan had, Castellaneta. Oh, good for him. Yep. Good wow. for him. He's more than just Homer. Yes. But yeah, so that was a great thing. And, and he got all... He was, you know, could barely give the thumbs up. And yes. it was bandaged. He gave the thumbs up and it broke. He yes. broke every bone in his body except his thumb. And then we gave the thumbs up and it broke. <laughs> and all those jokes were so much fun to write. It was so freeing after the Tracy Ullman show, which was like a little sketch show where you could do yeah. anything in one set. Yep. And then we could suddenly write a, a joke that was only a quarter of a page or an eighth of a page. And we could yeah. write a set that was, you know, interior volcano day. Right. And they would build and then we'd draw it. I mean, that was such a relief and fabulous. But yes, Mr. Plow is one of the greatest shows oh, ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Krusty was, was fun. We really wanted to make that a great mystery. Sam Simon really wanted to win an Edgar Allan Poe Award for his mystery. And that was the, he was aiming at for that episode. Oh, and wow. we worked very hard to make the mystery great. And, Ho- it and was... Krusty also developed the show busy, you know, Krusty in that episode. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. They're, they're all such great characters. I mean, that's, that's he the became thing. Jewish. Krusty, yes. Herschel, Herschel Krustovsky. Yes. Well, we wrote that episode too, but in that episode, he seemed like old show business. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm gl- I'm so glad to hear that it was incredibly fun for you in the, the doing best. because it was so, so it was the joy of it came through to the audience. And I think 
not only did it was it more sophisticated than any cartoon anyone had ever seen, but it also, as you say, was the first like joke machine. You know, it was something you're watching now. Whereas you used to be uh, used to even Cheers or like Mary Tyler Moore that are hilariously funny, great talented comedic actors, but you know it, they could it, they don't have the pace. That, that yeah. The Simpsons came out and just was an absolute workhorse when it came to just providing jokes. Now everyone thinks it's old fashioned and, and over. So it's like, it's hard to, to get co- people convinced that, hey, it's still great. Because it know. is still great. But uh, people get used to what they get used to. I, I mean, know. look at the structure of a dysfunctional family with a kind of a dumb dad and a smart mom and, an, and a smart sort of sister and a boy who's feeling uncomfortable with himself and evil. Wait a second. I'm describing family. family. Guy. Ah, <laughs> nice. Oh, you're starting to revive that old turf war. It's so funny because when the it. Simpsons used to take shots at family guy, first of all, they were earned. Like I, I get it. Like we, we, by the way, we're hypocrites because we, I mean, not, I, I wasn't even there really at the time, but I think people were like, hey, what are they taking shots at us for? And then meanwhile, when Bob's Burgers comes on, we're like shitting on that. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it just always goes right. to the next show like, hey, you don't belong here. And then after five years, you're like, OK, it's fine. And also the the cross pollination of, of Family Guy and Simpsons writers over the years has been I mean, listen, we, it, the honor was was ours. Like when I got a chance to work with with Mike Scully and with Tom and Max yeah. early on in my career, I mean, it was an unbelievable honor. And I think we at least Goldie is the same. You know, Goldie's so funny in a room that it lends validity to Family Guy when you can play with the Simpsons writers and have them laugh, you know, and have them yeah. say like, oh, these guys are funny too. I think a lot of that shit went away. And also Seth loved The Simpsons and I don't think he ever Clearly. did that. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. <laughs> He's still going. Yeah, <laughs> he won't no. let it go. Seth is a genius. And, yeah. and this, this, his show is a genius. He said, well, he and Matt have a lot in common. They both like know their cartoons. They know animation. They know yeah. television history. And you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I know. You're alleging they have guys. too much in common is what the problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so now before we get get to uh, our top five, which I hope that you're going to be involved with. I have top fives. I actually okay. have uh, multiple well, top fives, but I'll... I'll okay, all right. We'll keep, okay. we'll keep it on ice for a sec. Right. I wanted to just to, to cl- complete the double circle here because we talked about your father, Arnie, and 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 the ways he's influenced you and the, the, the wrong advice he's given you even today with the Johnny yes. jokes. <laughs> so now I read on Wikipedia that you have a son now who's, uh, yes. and he's in music. Is that right? Or that is they have correct. It right? Okay. Uh, so you have do it you, exactly right. What well, how, do? How, in what ways do you encourage him to, to do, you know, to express his creativity? Do you ever push him to try and become a writer or? Yes. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's great. He has written award-winning plays, one-act oh. plays. All right. So See, Wiki- already Wikipedia the, doesn't know shit. He's already there, but he is, <laughs> he is a musician. He just released a song on Spotify this week, oh, uh, Charlie Cogan, K O G E N. Go yeah. what's, on, on all the music what apps, and Amazon, and what's the what's the song called? Beep beep boop. It's called boop. Millions. Okay. Oh, it's nice. called Millions, and it's uh, and Charlie wrote it, sang it, produced it, and it's his fourth or fifth single. Um, you know, he's, he's produced an album before when he was in high school, and his songs are genius. He's a genius songwriter. 
I mean, nothing like Scott. Nothing like Stu. 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 Right. Sound the Alarm is a great song. Oh, wow. Oh, he got wow. it. But, he got it. I got that. Uh, but but Charlie's really smart songwriter. He wants to be a songwriter and producer. But the only way to do that these days is to get your own music out somehow. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. he has to sort of become that. But he's uh, we, we talked about, and we are, in fact, trying to write together a, a show about musicians in L.A. who are his age, who are, you know, trying to sort of make it in the world Highland Park. Wow. Yeah. So, so cool. we write together. He is funny. He's smart. He's adorable. I love him to death. Oh, and he can so do no sweet. wrong. Oh, and, wow. I, and I support him in whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah, this sounds yeah. like a shot at yeah. your dad. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, yeah. To be clear, it is. Okay, but good. the other thing is, what's different about him and I is, when I was five, and was on the set of the Dean Martin show and saw mm. how much fun show business could be. I said, I am fucking going to be in show business yeah. some way, shape or form. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. And knew from that point on. And so I was in, in high school. I was doing stand up. I was doing writing, doing all this kind of stuff. Charlie's sort of like, well, I'll do what I want to do and see what I want. He doesn't have the drive yeah. right. about that kind of stuff that I do. He is starting to get it now. He's a junior at Stanford and he's oh. sort of. In the middle He'll be of fine. Yeah. <laughs> college, yeah. sort of figuring out college. He's an international relations major, but that's not what he wants to do. But, he, you know, he's trying to experience college, grow up a little, yeah. mature, and then come out of the gates at the end of college doing something. Jesus. That's his journey. It sounds wow. like we're all going to be working for him. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm spending my money like like it's water. He'll <laughs> there'll be nothing left. I'm not going to leave a dime for that kid. Oh God! <laughs> well, TV's a growth industry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We're it's a sinking ship. What are we going to do, guys? <laughs> this we're doing it. I know. Just keep bailing it out one bucket at a time. Um, all right, Jay. It, Boy, it's so great to talk to you. You did not disappoint with, you know, your your promise of I have the Simpsons stories <laughs> that Tom and Max oh, don't right. have. And I'll bet <laughs> there's um, still so much more. I know. And, and also you just just such great, great lessons in there. You know, I think when uh, telling people to figure out what your showrunner wants and deliver that to him or her is right. probably he, the single most helpful note. Even when I was being a loud, obnoxious Jew in the Fraser room, <laughs> that <laughs> apparently was what my showrunner wanted. Right. Yes. So, I, so I, you got uh, lucky with that. I landed well, also, that. Also that time you had a few Simpsons seasons under your belt, a piece of hardware, a couple pieces right. of hardware to show. So. I, had just, I had just recently broken up with a partnership. So my partner left oh. me. So I was a, a single for the first time. Uh, yeah. Actually, that was news radio, and I, but, but very quickly after that was was Frasier, yeah. and so I was worried that I was not talented enough to survive. Wow! Well, because my dad had told question. me I wasn't, because <laughs> <laughs> he said I was not. Well, this this whole podcast is a fuck you tour to all these people. Yeah. Well, sure, you didn't you didn't ink a three picture deal with Wes Anderson, but That's you're true. doing all right. I mean, no wonder your son's so scared of you. I mean, look what happened to all your opponents. <laughs> Bodies in his wake. <laughs> it's true. Uh, no, Wally's doing j just fine. Wally is uh, doing fine. I love yeah. him. He's one of my best friends. He's uh -huh. yeah. He's a, an incredibly sweet guy, and we've talked about this before. He he has little small parts in Wes Anderson movies that oh, are I know. funny that's and why. memorable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jay, that was so fun. Thank, Thank you, you so much for so being good. so candid. And we are uh, going to now get into a portion of the show that we like to call Top Five. Top Five. Beautiful voices there. 
Um, okay, so so Jay, you you pulled up the rear on Johnny jokes. Why don't you start us off with some top fives? These are the top five things to do in Los Angeles. Yes. So the top five things to do in Los Angeles. I had a snarky five and a real five. Oh, so I'm the only one here who grew up in Los Angeles. So yeah, I I'm actually just gonna be tough yes, for me. Tell us. So so my my snarky five starts with. Watching C or D list celebrities buy herpes medication at the Sherman Oaks CVS. <laughs> I, like I love this, this snarky. Awesome. <laughs> my real, machine. Yeah, and my real one is writing television or whatever you're writing in crowded cafes with beautiful views. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. something you can do here in Los yeah. Angeles, and is that I do something it all the you time. Did? Okay, good. I, I do. That's where yeah. I go. That's Get awesome. out of this hellhole. <laughs> uh, my next uh, is. Uh, Laughing at people wearing sweaters and scarves when it's 72 degrees in November. <laughs> yep. Because people are so hungry for winter in Los Angeles. So hungry for anything that is almost like winter. Yes. That they'll start dressing for winter when it's not winter here. Nope. It's never winter here. <laughs> and uh, the uh, good one is buying records at Amoeba. Oh, going to buy yeah. shop for music at Amoeba, which is yep. fabulous. Or going to Just movies at the movie palaces that we still have here. Oh. Yep. That's yes. a good one. Yes. Pick up the latest Scott Basie Brooks. Scott. <laughs> 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 my, next, my next favorite thing to do in LA is guessing what people's faces used to look like before they turned themselves into plastic surgery monsters. <laughs> so you see them in Beverly Hills and you wonder, what did they look like when they were human? Uh, human. Yeah, this is, you are Arnie's <laughs> son. Yeah. And, and uh, the good one is, because Phil Rosenthal is a friend of mine, is the food here in Los Angeles is amazing. Yeah. Yes. We have, no matter what you want, if it's, uh, he took me to a, this restaurant called Pizza Bianca downtown which was fabulous. And there's Felix and there's Langer's Deli and Brent's Deli and Central Market and Farmer's Market and yes. Philippe's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the home the, of the French dip. The Breakfast at General Groats. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gold. Wait, you got to hear Goldie's joke about the bathroom at John O'Groats. Okay, let me hear. John O'Groats. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great food here and, uh, and we should enjoy it. This is, uh, I like to catch up on podcasts and phone calls in the horrendous traffic I have to go. So that's good. In Los Angeles, you can catch up on all these things. It's the only time you're allowed to just be yep. free. Yes. yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the good version of that is just going outside. L.A., yeah. you can go outside. You can go to the beach. You can go to Malibu, Zuma. You can go hiking. Yeah. Will Rogers. I mean, I, actually, I'm not a hiking guy, but I go hiking every week, uh, several times a week, because it's beautiful here. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good one. And my last snarky top five is seeing the executive or talentless writer you hate eventually fail. <laughs> that is something <laughs> that you get to do here. Real. That could have <laughs> been real. <laughs> oh, I didn't say it wasn't real. I said it was <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then L.A. is known as a city without culture, but it is filled with culture. There's everything to do here. There's more shows in Los Angeles than there are on, in New York. If you really want to see theater, there's comedy shows like we talk about the, you know, the, the Groundlings and, and the improv and there's hip hop and music and Largo and Dynasty Typewriter. And it's like endless amount of culture. If you want it, it's yeah. here. And, and even the, the museum that you never talk about is the Norton Simon Museum in Pasadena. You talked about ah. Getty. That yeah. is the place. If you want to see beautiful art that's super yeah. famous, go to the Norton Simon Museum and you'll be stunned. It's like going to the Met in New York. Museum. Wow. Great I, I'd, I'd never you. heard of it, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Actually. Boy, I, I feel so, I, I'm going to do mine because it's like, 
I, you have a passion for LA that I do not share. <laughs> so here we go. Number five, uh, I would say go to a Clippers or Lakers game. Oh, that's a I, good idea. Uh, you know, they're both really fun to go to. I don't, it's called the Crypto Arena now. I'm sure that's going to oh. change soon, but it, <laughs> I, I still call it Staples. God right. damn it. <laughs> um, number four, and this is kind of off what your thing about the food, get a burger. There's so many great burgers in L.A. Yeah. I love burgers. I, you know, I think, Goldie, we had talked about it. You like fat burger, yeah. uh, which I like, too. I, I like in and out I like any kind of burger you can get here. Have um, you had my father's office? Oh, yeah. Great. Great You're fries there, too. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, right in that uh, old bread uh, flour building uh, in yep. Culver City, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Cool. Um, number three, go to a party in the hills. If you can go to a party in the hills, like I kind of shit on L.A. in different ways, but there's nothing better than being a little buzzed at a party in the hills looking out at the twinkling lights of L.A. It really there's something you feel so connected to, like what you should be doing in L.A. when you're in those moments. Uh, number two for me is have brunch at Joffrey's in Malibu. Oh. Uh, I, I huh. don't love I don't <laughs> love the beach. Is I like on this. I have. I don't love okay. the beach, but I love looking at the water. So that's okay. that's a good thing. Have you been to yeah. Paradise Cove? Uh, I I maybe maybe like twenty years ago. It's a lot less expensive, but the same view. Okay. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Taking notes here. <laughs> yeah, you you you're Jewish bona fides. You passed. Uh, and number one, and this shows you my sort of blasé attitude. Number one. Stay home and watch TV. <laughs> that Goldie. was on my list. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, guys, see Goldie's head. Yeah, we have over I, I might as well just go. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm go. sorry. I'll jump in. Number five is uh, go to Dantana's restaurant. It's not that good. The food isn't that good, but it inspired the Eagles' song "Lion Eyes," and all the same people from the song are still at the bar, yeah. just. <laughs> 40, 50 years older with their lion eyes and the old guy at home. And it's, it's all terrible. And I think a family guy writer there was in the men's room and Tommy Lasorda said, can you help me zip up my pants? So it's yes. the type of place you might touch Tommy Lasorda's dick. Uh, great place. Number four, rest, we rest had overlap. Peace. I didn't say Lakers. I just said Clippers games. Because yeah. inevitably... Late in the season, they're terrible. You can get courtside seats for maybe 200 bucks and yeah. just yeah. tell them off yourselves how bad they are. <laughs> Number three, night driving. Day oh, driving stinks, but you know yeah. what? You go down Mulholland at maybe after 9 p.m., yeah. take Mulholland all the way and just think about where you fucked up. Oh my god! Point yes. of your life. Where, where, Do you right? want to be on a yep. curvy high road when you think about how you fuck? Yes, <laughs> yes. the dangers part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Living on the edge. You, you want know. to touch mortality on the <laughs> uh, number two. Everyone knows I on this podcast. I love the beach, surfing. It's the best thing. About it. And number one. I said, just stay home and do nothing. Uh, yeah. But it's better because in New York, you have to go out because your apartment's so shitty here. Yeah. Maybe you actually have a little space. You got your TV. Uh, you got your internet. I wish just I thought home. of that. I really love wish that. I thought of that. LA is a very hard city to love. And I, as a, as, a, as a person who grew up here, I understand why it's a hard city to love. It's spread out. There's no 
one place to be. It's right. it's a, it takes years to figure out anything you like about the place. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 my heart goes out to anybody who moves here. Well, but okay. So your that, list was good though. So yeah, your list is amazing. It's inspiring, yeah. and I have taking note. But yeah. um, so I when I I moved here in 2019. So I had one year and then the pandemic hit. So oh, I've boy. been home pretty much since 2020. Yeah. So here's my list. Um, number five is the uh, hiking up or walking up to the Griffith Observatory, which yep. um, we do, you know. Yep. Um, a number uh, four is the Huntington Gardens, which I mentioned last week right. I, or whatever week we talked about. You got about. laughed at, as I, I know, recall. And I you got still, laughed at. I know. Did and yeah. I, I loved yep. it. Just I loved go in your go out in your yard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which yes. Okay. Number three is the Broad. It's the it's a museum. Which it, this is an area I feel like I spent a lot of time because the Grand Central Market is there too. You know, you take the tram down yeah. to the Angel Tram to the Grand Central yep. Market, and then but that's not on my list. It well, it didn't make my top five. It just um, did. I, well, <laughs> is the podcast but, audience really getting the blank stares that you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, no, they do. It's silence. No. Yeah. Oh, the Broad. The Broad. The broad. I've been to the Broad. I I've been love to the Broad. The broad. I've been seen there. the Basquiat, et cetera. Yes. It's that, oh. yeah. I, uh, I've i been there multiple times. I've, broad okay, I've only been yeah. there once. Oh, <laughs> it's, I don't know. You don't even need to never, go more never than been. once. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. Okay, great. number two, escape rooms. Los Angeles mm. has the most amazing. I mean, I only know between New York, which you would think is amazing, and mm-hmm. I've done one in Denver. But because of all the set designers here, the production value oh, yeah. of, of escape rooms in Los Angeles are incredible. There's so many. The okay, I could go on forever. I also yeah. I don't have a journal from my escape rooms, but I do Thank have God. a list, and I've done over fifty. <laughs> Um, oh my so, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to say escape rooms. I should have been number one, but my number one was just a very general, the beach. Oh, I, the beach. I am a Northern California girl. I haven't spent any, really much time since we've been here, maybe a couple walks, but it is something I would like to get back in touch with. So Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Well said. Um, all right. So I'll, it's my turn to think of a, or to have a top five for next week. And uh, next week's is going to be top five movies. That's a dog breathing into the microphone <laughs> there. That's, next week is going to be top five movies starring a guy named Tom. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Wow. That's good. That's what it's going to be. Um, all right. So now let's get into a portion of the show that we like to call High Note. Thank you, Tom and Max. <laughs> Very long. They held that note the for best. a long time. <laughs> um, who wants to go first with high I, note? I can go first because I have go a one this week. Okay, go so for it. So my wife, when, when we started dating, um, she said, you're not allowed to wear Crocs. She <laughs> held a pair of Crocs in front of my face in a store and smacked me on the nose so I would know <laughs> oh that I'm not God. allowed to wear Crocs. <laughs> Cut to, I don't know, 15 years later. It's been a while. <laughs> She said I can buy Crocs. Did you get them? Yeah. I just ordered them today. What color? Lots of little fun pins on them. (laughs) (laughs) Flair. That's never happened to me as a husband. I've never. (laughs) I know. There's never been a reversal. I'm so jealous. What's your secret? (laughs) She's given up on me. (laughs) That's right. That's the secret. Well, wait, have you not? Did you investigate UFOs? 
Everybody's talking Listen, about Listen, I just ordered the Crocs. It's supposed to be my fucking high note, not my like regret note. <laughs> Ufos are it I've now. Uh, Alec, yeah. are you married to Tall Rabinowitz? That's well, you, we're not technically married, but yes, right. I've been. I'm her partner. Are okay. Yeah. So I know Tall Rabinowitz. Yes, she, they used to be an executive. Correct. Or still, yeah. yeah okay. Correct. So, so I, I hear you talking about a tall, and I thought, okay, how many talls could there be? <laughs> Not right. a lot. That's Not amazing. Lot. So has she ever reversed anything on you? Oh. Oh no. 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 Yeah. I'm basically at the clang my metal water cup against the jail bars. No, but she's uh she's awesome. Like she doesn't she has her policies and she holds to them. Right. Right. She holds to them. She yeah. was great, a great executive, just so you yeah. know. I don't know if you're... Uh, she will love hearing that. She, she was the greatest. That. And I was sad when she sort of figured out that that was not the life that she wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. She's, she's, she was great. Yeah. Well, she will appreciate cool. hearing that. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, I, w- I, w- I will give my high note. It was I was so excited and it, it did not disappoint hearing these great stories about The Simpsons. So yes. my high note was Mr. J. Cody Same. being here today. And I loved, you know, just everything. You were better than at whatever I pictured you to be. You exceeded that and were funny and engaging and just great to talk to. I Not better than that. Pete Holmes, man. Oh, well, no <laughs> way. I Don't mean, put yourself guy's... in that. <laughs> that killed me, that show. That was, that was an amazing show. It was beautiful. And he was like, he was he was too smart for our show. He was no, so good. I don't think no, so. He was, no, he's he great. Was, he was, no, I he mean. Lift, was, he lifted you guys. He lifted all <laughs> exactly. of us up. Yeah. Yes, he great. did. Yeah. He did. He really brought it. It's he not did. a competition. We're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm not. I'm well, not. Uh, my high note is also like Alex. I feel like you really brought it yes. this week. Your stories. Totally. I feel like you have still so many more to share. Um, yes. about- no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm really tap the whole well. It's gone. Darn it. But yeah, I really but appreciate it. The reason to have me back is my uh, technical wisdom at how to get onto Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, for That's real. That's the though. only reason to ever bring me back. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe sometime down the road we do a show with you and your dad. Like, would he be into uh, that? Those shows, I've done those shows before. I did Gilbert Gottfried with my dad. And so they're great. My dad, by the way, I've been bragging on him, is the best. He's yeah. adorable. Yeah. He's funny. He's <laughs> sweet. And uh, I would love I would, to hear those firsthand yeah. stories but from him great. about Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it yeah. kills our life so much. All right. So uh, that is it for this week. Thank you so much, Jay Kogan. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. You too, Goldie and JC, for being awesome. Thank, thank you, you all for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. Next week? That was fun. Can it stop right now? They call it being podfished.